Hello, and welcome to the New Hope Church Podcast. Whether you are a member of our church family, either in person or online, or just checking us out for the first time, we believe that you belong here at New Hope Church, and we hope that this message speaks to you today. Don't forget to check us out online at newhopechurch.tv, and we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to welcome everybody in, everybody at our 288 campus, our Friendswood campus, our Alvin campus, our Webster campus, our Pearland campus, our online campus, and also our uh, great friends up north at the Weibo Bible Church in Weibo, Montana. I am so glad that you're in God's house today. In fact, I would say that there's no better place to be today than in God's house. Would you agree with that? So uh, I'm glad that you're here uh, as we celebrate the greatest gift ever given, greatest gift ever given, which is, which is Jesus. Amen to that. And uh, greatest gift ever given. And, and there are a lot of gifts that go around these days. And, and let's just talk about that for a second. Uh, uh, giving and receiving on uh, Christmas Day has become a part of our Christmas tradition. Um, uh, maybe based on the fact, I've heard based on the fact that the wise men gave gifts to Jesus or probably that God gave us his greatest gift. And so now we give each other gifts, which is okay. It's kind of fun. Uh, but maybe you're hoping for a specific gift this year. Maybe you're hoping uh, for the gift of technology. I know a lot of people like techno kind of things, technology kind of things nowadays. And there are a lot of, <laughs> a lot of smart devices. In fact, um, it seems like even nowadays, kids are getting smart devices, which is okay to a certain extent, right? Uh, but how many of you adults are like me? Growing up, you received, you received zero smart devices the entire time you were growing up, okay? Zero, although I did have a calculator. I actually had one of those calculators that was solar powered. Do you have one of those? And if you put your finger over the bar, the numbers would go dark, you know? And, uh, but, but even with that smart, that smart device that I had growing up, the teacher, my teacher would not let us use it because she said, you don't, don't use your calculator because you will not have one with you wherever you go when you grow up. <laughs> May I say that that teacher was 100% wrong, which is a lesson to our children today. Don't listen to your, never mind. Don't, don't, that's not a lesson. That's not a lesson. Listen to your teacher. But, um. I found out the other day that uh, my wife is spoiled. I have always known that she was. <laughs> I've always known that she was. She's a good person, but I've always known she was spoiled uh, by her, her, by her uh, parents growing up. And she told me that she uh, received her first mobile phone when she was a toddler. When she was a toddler. I, I couldn't believe it myself. I, don't, I know you can't believe it either. but. Um, and so I never believed her, but we were rummaging through some boxes recently, and uh, she found it. She found it, and um, I took a picture. Would you like to see it? Okay, here it is, her first mobile phone. That is an actual picture. I'm not making this up. And it is a mobile phone because it has wheels. So it's a, it is mobile. Technically, it's a mobile phone. Technically, she was spoiled, but she turned out pretty good. So... Okay, now, I, I, again, I'm so thankful to be in God's house with you today as we uh, celebrate the greatest gift of all. You know, some might say, well, technology's really changed the game. I want you to know that Jesus changed the game. Jesus changed everything. 
when he came down to earth. And, and what we do right now, what we're doing is we're celebrating the love of God on full display. Uh, because that's, that's what Christmas is all about. All the lights, all of the decorations, all of the festive gatherings, all of the Christmas songs that are on the radio are all awesome. Isn't it? Don't you love this time of year? It's awesome. And it's been going on for a couple months now, really, you know, the Christmas season. And you think about that. Every other holiday, you, you get like one day. Oh, Easter, you get two. You get Good Friday and Easter. But every other holiday, it's like uh, July 4th is July 4th, and th then that's it. There's no real celebration before that. You can go all the way through all the holidays, and it's just a one-day event, but you get to Christmas, and we celebrate it. Well, my wife celebrates it for three months, but um, <laughs> we celebrate it for a long time because Christmas changed everything. It changed everything. When Jesus came down, it changed everything. So I love this time of year. I love, I love all of the lights. I do. I love all the decorations. I love, I love all of the, I don't love all the movies. I love, because Hallmark went to the back of my mind. I about said it out loud, but I love all the songs with the exception of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Some of you want to fight me right now. The song is good. The 5,000th time you hear it during the Christmas season takes away from it a little bit is all I'm saying, but I do love it all. I love it all. But all these things that go along with Christmas for us nowadays, all of those things together are really just a microscopic bow on top of the real gift of Christmas. The best Christmas gift ever given was when Jesus came down. When he came down to earth, amen? First John chapter four, verse nine tells us that in this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world. So you look at this verse right here and it's much like John three sixteen, which says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. He gave us his only begotten son. So same deal here. The love of God is the reason why the son of God came into the world. That's why he came down to earth, but because of his love for us. But why did we need him to come down? Why did we need Jesus to come down? Well, we needed him because we needed a savior. We needed a savior. I once heard a pastor say it this way. If our greatest need was economic, then God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need was entertainment, he would have sent an entertainer. If our greatest need was a political, God would have sent a politician. Thank you, Lord, for not doing that. If our greatest need was physical health, God would have sent a doctor. But God knew that ultimately our greatest need was salvation. And so thank you, God, he sent to us a savior. Now I wanna share a Christmas verse with you from the book of Matthew, and this Christmas verse really sets the stage uh, for the hows and the whys of the Christmas story, and, and, and it does so in one phrase within the verse, one phrase. Now, I know we have kids in the room at all of our campuses, welcome kids, but and so I'm not gonna be explicit about what I'm about to read, but I'm just hoping that the adults among us will kind of catch on, okay, the, the, the phrase, that I just want you to have in your mind as we go along here will be highlighted in, next, in this next verse, but that's all I'm gonna say about that, okay? My, my hope is that you'll just pick up what I'm putting down, all right? Are you ready? Yeah. Matthew chapter one, verse 23 says this. Behold, the virgin shall conceive, 
and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So uh, 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 Jesus came down to earth in the most unusual way. And with that one phrase, we can kind of trace how God would effectively reconcile humanity to himself through Jesus. In fact, in that one phrase, we can trace our need as well, our need as human beings, but we can also trace uh, God's love for us by sending his son the way that he did. Now, let me explain all this. Sin entered the world through one man. That man's name was Adam. Adam was the first human being, the first one that God created on this earth. And God placed Adam in the most perfect place on the perfect planet, right? And that place was the Garden of Eden. Um, that's not a picture of the Garden of Eden. That's the Frio River, the closest thing I could find. <laughs> Minus the 10,000 intoxicated people floating nearby. But... Uh, but the garden was perfect, the garden was perfect, and God supplied for them in the garden everything that was needed. And God gave Adam and his newly created wife Eve one rule. Not 10 rules, not 100, just one, one rule. He said, don't eat of the fruit of this particular tree. But what did they do? They ate of the fruit of that tree. And with that one act of disobedience, sin entered into this perfect place, uh, that the world once was, and now uh, this world has become increasingly more sinful and chaotic and out of its mind as we're now seeing in vivid color whenever we dare to watch the news. The Apostle Paul talked about Adam when he wrote this in uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 12. He says, sin entered the world through what? One man. So he's talking about Adam right there. Sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin... And in this way, death came to who? All people because why? But it all started with one man, with Adam, his sin. Sin entered the world, sin entered the human race. And for us as individuals, it doesn't matter who a person is, what race they are, where they think their family came from based on the map that Ancestry.com sent to you. The same thing is true for all of us. For all of us, all of us can trace our ancestry back to one man, Adam, which means, hear me now, all of us share his DNA. And all of us, no matter how good a person thinks they are, all of us have inherited his sin nature. Every human being, generation after generation, listen to me, conceived and brought forth in the same way have passed down that same sin nature, that same bent towards sin, that same proclivity, that same inclination to sin. Us to our children, our parents to us, our grandparents to our parents, all of us can trace back our sin nature to one man, Adam. We inherit it from him. And, and that's a major problem. Why? Because God is holy and righteous and perfect, and no one can enter into his presence with sin on their record, which means none of us can get to heaven. None of us, none of us can get to heaven on our own merit. We can't get to heaven based on what we have done. And so mankind was hopelessly lost because of sin. 
And so God did the unthinkable. He came down to us, but not as a son of Adam, but as the son of God. Because of his love for you, God sent his son Jesus down to us, born of a virgin. Hear me now, if Jesus would have been conceived the same way everyone else was conceived, he would have inherited Adam's sin nature, but he wasn't brought forth in the normal way. Therefore, his record is completely clean, free from sin, and he lived a perfect life and kept his record perfect so that he could do what God the Father sent him down to earth to do, which has become the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And he willingly, the Bible says, willingly laid down his life on that cross as payment for the penalty for our sin. He paid, listen, he paid the price for you so that you could have a new nature, so that you could be part of God's family. The apostle John writes in John chapter one, verse 12, to all who did receive him, to those who, what? Believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent. Are you tracking with me now? Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. This is what being born again is all about right here. The first time we were born, we were born as sons and daughters of Adam. We were born into sin. But when we place our faith in Jesus and what he did for us on the cross, we are born again into God's family by faith. Born this time with a new nature, empowered by God's spirit to live the life that he's called us to live. And all, this is, all of this is made possible because Jesus came down to earth. Aren't you glad Jesus came down to earth? I mean, that's what we celebrate. That's what we celebrate. Because without him, we were hopeless. We were hopeless and we were lost. I, uh, you know, maybe you said, I thought we were talking about uh, the birth of Jesus today. We are, we are, we're talking about his birth. However, his coming to this earth and being born in a human being's body set the stage for us to be born again, to have new life and to have salvation. And, and here's why I love being a pastor, because I get, to, I get to tell people this right here. And if you don't know him today, and if you're not part of his family, if you've never placed your faith, your hope, your trust, your life in his hands, you can do that today. You can do that today on Christmas Eve. You can become part of the family of God. That's awesome, isn't it? And that, my friends, is why Jesus came down. Now, I want to do something. Um, I want to close out my portion of the service by reading the, uh, the gospel's account of Jesus' birth. And we're going to light candles uh, in a few moments. We're going to sing Silent Night and, uh, and another song after that. But, uh, so we're not done yet. 
but this is the end of my part of the service right here. And what I want to do is I've just put these verses together, not necessarily uh, out of the same book of the Bible, but just put them together in order uh, from the Christmas story. And I want to read them. And, uh, and, and we've actually put some film behind some of the verses to kind of tell the story. And, and what, what I've been hoping and praying happens to you in these moments is that you're just there. I know we can't be there, there for real, but in your heart and in your mind, just cut out all the distractions, okay? This is what Christmas Eve services are supposed to be, where you just, you're done, okay? Christmas shopping, correct? I probably shouldn't have mentioned that, but if you're not done, I'm just telling you, you're done. You're done right now. It's like CVS is your only hope now, but. So, Let's just do this. Let's just, can we step out of that pace for just a moment here and remember what this is all about? And what I want you to do is when, we're, when I'm reading these verses is just kind of put yourself in that situation, put yourself in Joseph's shoes, Mary's shoes, and, and just try to imagine what it would have been like to have in your home, the very son of God, and how knowing that his birth was gonna change everything for everyone, that through him would come salvation to all who would believe. It was a big moment, and I want you to just kind of sense that today and feel that today and remind yourself of that today so that we can celebrate Christmas for what it really is, the birth of Jesus. So let's start in John chapter one, where it says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and read this phrase with me, and the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. to a virgin pledged to be married. She was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, "'Greetings, you are highly favored. "'The Lord is with you.'" "'Do not be afraid, Mary. "'You have found favor with God. "'You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come to you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Mary answered, Let it be done to me, according to your word. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Town of Nazareth, in the name of King Herod and the almighty Caesar, 
You are ordered to participate in the census of all people. Each man will return to the land of his ancestors, along with each member of his family. What if it's a four-day journey? Then you would be wise to leave soon. You have one month, and any resistance will be dealt with. Set! So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Because there was no room available in Bethlehem, they stayed in a stable. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. Michael, Gaspar. A star shall come forth. enjoyed the podcast we encourage you to follow share it with friends and family or let us know by tagging us at new hope church tv on social media we would love to connect with you thanks for listening